Hey, sick and wrong. This trucker dies wearing wheels. First of all, thanks for my T-shirt and shit bowl shot glasses for the shit song competition, you cheapskate fuckers. Anyway, keep up the fucking good work, guys, and shove it up your ass. Happy holidays. <laughs> Sick and wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm the baby Jesus, Lance Wackerly. Compliments of the season there, Wackerly. I'm the reason for the season. I'm not really a baby Jesus. No, I could tell. And just in this, uh, what do they call that thing? Nativity play that we're about to do? I am going to play the part of the baby Jesus. Yeah, but I, I don't know how true to form you'll be with that mustache you got going on there. It's pretty impressive. You don't know that the baby Jesus didn't have a mustache. He was a baby. How the, and, yeah, but he's that, Middle Eastern. Yeah, but is that one of his powers? He's Middle Eastern. He could just grow a mustache prematurely. They're very hairy people. It's a miracle. <laughs> he's got a mustache. Uh, when did you get uh, the stash there, Wackerly? Uh, it's the holiday stash. Aren't you supposed to have it in November? Fuck Movember. That's for Johnny-come-lately hipsters. <laughs> for housewives and little girls. Well, it looks good. It's and very I, Ned Flanders, right? I modeled it on his shape. It's very Ned Flanders crossed with a little bit of John Hodgman going on there. Who's that? You know John Hodgman? He's on The Daily Show. Oh, that guy? He's, the PC? Uh, yeah, that guy. The PC. That that guy. Uh, that guy is a little too big for... I think he thinks he's way funnier than he is. I don't know. I think you're channeling a little bit of Hodgman there. But uh, this, this mustache was way better than anything I've seen on him. It's a it's a damn fine stash, and uh, I think we should almost put a picture of it on uh, on the website. Just All so right, I'll take one later it. when I'm full of yagnog. And we will be full of yagnog because tonight is Sick and Wrong's annual holiday show, spectacular, and one hell of a spectacular do we have tonight, Wackerly? Special guests, well, guests, special now. Uh, interviews coming up, um, holiday theme phone calls. Uh, we received quite a few phone calls. You know, I, I made a couple shout-outs wanting, uh, requesting some holiday theme phone, phone calls, like uh, holiday shit stories, holiday uh, uh, fuck yous, holiday uh, season greetings, that, that kind of thing. And uh, I would say 90% of the, uh, the phone calls we received were like this. Merry Christmas, faggots. I would say pretty much that, yeah. Not we probably received so that about, I don't know. 30 times, um, which is nice. I'm not going to play all of those, but thank you for uh, calling calling in. Could and, you make uh, a montage of them for the end of the show? You know, maybe I will do that if I, uh, if I actually find the time to do no, that. What are they, it's not a montage. It's they, now they, the kids do super they cut. A, a super cut. A super cut of Merry Christmas faggots. I sh- you know, I should probably put that in uh, at the end there. Yeah, I'm an um, old guy. Super cuts is where I go to get my hair trimmed. <laughs> But we, we did get some legitimate uh, holiday calls, so we're going to get to those a little bit later. And I have some Christmas stories that will bring a tear to your eye and fill you with holiday cheer. I bet you I will not cry. It's all coming up a bit later. But first of all... And then we're going to cap it off with a four-hour nativity recreation audio play. <laughs> That's going to be, be all you. The three wise men. Do you have your three different voices you're going to do for the three different wise men? Were the three wise men all the uh, Jews? Yeah. I suggest, you know, one in like a Billy Crystal voice, one in a Mel Brooks voice, and then the third, Gilbert I don't know, you can play around with it. Yeah, sir, Gil- Gilbert Gottfried. Gil- All right, I, I, I could do that. I could pull that off. Are you going to be playing the baby Jesus or Mary? And Mary and Moses and the cow and the donkey. The <laughs> and the, no, the donkey will be played by the mailman, who I hope gets here soon with some Christmas presents. Well, I'm hoping our special guest will have a character for the special guest. I wonder um, what it'll be. <laughs> coming up a little bit later. But first of all, Wacker, I'm wondering, where, where's your uh, Yegnog? It's right here. I even wrote a song about it because I've had a little bit already. You mentioned that to me. Uh, you know, I'm making Goes some Yegnog right like now. This. 
<laughs> Yeg nog, you are a drink. You're kind of eggy, but mostly nog. I drink you, and then it makes me feel good. <laughs> and now I'm going to do the holiday podcast. Noggy, noggy, Jaeger, nog, yeg, nog, yeg. Catchy. You can't do the high five. <laughs> Did you, you come up with that one. on the bus coming home from work from, from San Francisco to Alameda? Kind of. Okay. It's Mostly <laughs> I just made it up just now. You didn't notice? Off the cuff. That's uh, that's some, some pretty good lyrics there, actually. Yes. I, I wrote the melody and everything myself. I got to say, this Yegnog uh, tastes rather foul. It's, yeah, it's... Um, uh, not as good as I remember it being. And it kind of looks like some kind of rectal discharge, but hey. Um, if that's what your rectal discharge <laughs> looks like, you might want to go to a doctor. I'm thinking about it. Uh, you know, we had a fan call in, and uh, he also tried some Yegnogs. Let me, let me play this call. Right, Dave. Right, Wacker. It's Kev the Punk from the UK. Listen to every one of your shows from day one. Sorry to wish you a very happy Christmas and a very drunk one. Uh, yeah, you've got to make him podcasts for your tips for making drinks of the shit. The eggnog, really? Tried it. Tastes fucking disgusting. Anyway, keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Oh, and play something dancey for me. One of the horror tracks I sent you, you bastards. All right, later. Horror tracks? I don't even know what he's talking about. Well, you're the music man, not me. Yeah, I'll have to get to that. But yeah, he's right about that. It tastes disgusting. It's not something... I... But I thought, I thought punks will drink anything. I mean, as long as they're not a straight edger. Ugh. I mean, I'm I'm drinking it just because it's the holiday show, and this is the one you time of year I drink this shit. But ugh, it tastes awful. You know, yeg tastes awful on its own. What can you mix yeg with to make it taste better? I have to make a convention a confession that I really am just drinking Jaeger. Oh, you're not even drinking yeg nog. It's just it's like yeg nog with very low light on the nog, <laughs> so light that it's, <laughs> it's infinitesimal. Sans nog, like no nog. Well, maybe there's a molecule in there that floated in from somebody else's party. No, actually, I'm. You know, you're no longer the baby Jesus. Baby Jesus would be drinking the nog. What are we gonna have our nativity play without a fucking baby Jesus? I don't know if you know this, but uh, the milk that Jesus drank from Mary's breasts was eggnog, actually. Oh, it's very nutritious. And she used to drink Jaeger, so she would drink Jaeger, and then the nog would be infused with Jaeger, thus making eggnog, which created Jesus. Uh, made Jesus the miracle maker that he is, or was. <laughs> so she really just got really trash and just fucked some dude from the bar. But she had a faz baby. <laughs> she had She's powers. Like, I don't remember having sex. It's immaculate conception. <laughs> but look, he can like I don't know, revive dead things and make me more wine. <laughs> I love you. That's the way it worked. Um, Wackily, I want to dedicate this uh, holiday show spectacular to. Um, a guy who passed away this week, a guy who uh, has actually was always kind of an inspiration, bit of an idol to me, um, Al Goldstein, the mm. publisher of the pioneering hardcore porn magazine, Screw. Do you remember Screw magazine? No. It is from the 60s. Screw is, yeah, Screw is not big in like the 80s when we grew up. It was from the 60s and 70s, but... Uh, you know, he was one of the first, first guys, the, one of the first pornographers to really push the limits. You know, cross the line. He had like he spent thousands of dollars, not even hundreds of thousands of dollars, <laughs> fighting obscenity charges. You know, he was arrested like multiple times. He really was a pioneer in terms a porn pioneer. I don't know how to make a portmanteau of that, but uh, he was a porn pioneer. That Al Goldstein. He died this Thursday at age seventy-seven. Uh, interestingly enough, Al Goldstein who had a, like a multi-million dollar enterprise. He was Screw Magazine. He had, um, what did he have? Uh, he had his own show called like The Midnight Show that went for like 25 years. He died penniless. You know that? Hmm. Not much of a Jew. Yeah, no, he, he was a really bad Jew. Um, but the porn magazine had scathing scatological editorials railed against religious leaders and the government for justifying war while uh, imprisoning erotic magazine publishers. You're seriously, they're fighting in Vietnam. He's in prison. I like that he just called the magazine Screw. Yeah. What are we going to call it? It's a magazine full of naked ladies. How about Screw? What else, are we, what else do you do when you, when you read a magazine like that? I like it. <laughs> screw. I like his name, too. Right Al to the Goldstein. Point. 
Yeah, um, Al. At its height, he sold 140,000 copies a week. Um, but yeah, this led to near constant legal trouble for him. Uh, he was arrested more than a dozen times on set obscenity charges. And then soon, sure enough, like um, Hustler came around and Larry Flint just kind of, I don't know, outmoded him. I mean, it just, he, he just made him unnecessary. Hmm. You know, it's like all of a sudden here comes a Hustler that's uh, 10 times worse and much more graphic than Screw. But Screw paved the way for Hustler. Yeah, there's only really room for like one graphic I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It well, seems like penthouse. there's only room for one graphic pornography magazine. Because, like, you know, the girls in Hustle are super hot. You don't need another one. And, by, you know, by the time the month rolls around and you start getting bored of beating off to those pictures, then the next issue comes out. Well, the thing is with Hustler, too, I think Larry Flint uh, sort of copied the template here that Al Goldstein created because mm. Hustler was wide, quasi-political. Wide well, no, <laughs> wasn't Hustler kind of quasi-political? Like they always had that one feature story that had something to do about a politician. I they, wouldn't know. No, they did. They, <laughs> I never they, read any of the stories. If you ever saw like in the in the front, I used to produce that one for, uh, we used oh. to do a digital version of it. But even still, like to this day, they still have like Jackass of the Month and it'll be like John Boehner, yeah. you know, with his head like on in, inside like some kind of porn star's ass. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, that, you know, that's what they did. But I think Al Goldstein sort of paved the way for this. And uh, yeah, he was a porn pioneer. And uh, he died uh, just uh, this past week, this past Thursday, in uh, Brooklyn, living in a nursing home. He had been homeless for several years. He was broke. He even, he even had been shilling bagels at a deli on 2nd Avenue in New York. His mother was probably finally proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you open up a nice bagel shop? Why you got to be with all the vagina? All this porno. This porn stuff that you do. God, it's never going to get you nowhere. And that's the thing. It did, though. I mean, it made him kind of famous. And uh, he's he getting famous. a mention here on this podcast. I mean, we're dedicating a whole show to Al Goldstein. <laughs> you didn't run this by me. I thought we were just dedicating, like, the first five minutes. <laughs> well, I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to give him a shout. I wanted to tip the Yagnog to Al Goldstein. Okay. <laughs> he's a porn I'll, pioneer. I'll he's one that. of the first obscene pornographers. And I think he kind of paved the way for free speech. And here we are doing a podcast. Just I like mean, really, he, he owes it all to Hugh Hefner, though. No, he uh, it was uh, it was I think Screw came out in '68, so it was around the same time as Playboy. Yeah, but Playboy was much larger, M way larger. But also, Playboy didn't push the boundaries. Well, Playboy had, was tasteful pornography, whereas Al Goldstein wanted to go beyond that. And then Bob Guccione was he out businessed by a guy? I, you it know, appears I, that he was. I think he was trying point to for the goys. I think he was just trying to make his own path with it. I think he wanted to take it in a different direction. Whereas right. Hugh Hefner was classy. Hugh Hefner had way well, better he's looking interested girls. In making money. You look at the girls in Screw Magazine versus the girls in Playboy. The girls in Screw Magazines are like you know two bit hookers. Look <laughs> at look at the ones like look at the ones in Beaver Hunt. But the, yeah. the ones you know the cream the creme de la creme of uh, of Punani were all in Playboy. I want to be respected. I want to be a respectful shoot. <laughs> Lay out. Um, some other people pointed out Al Goldstein wasn't the only guy who died this week. Uh, Harold Camping also died. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. I actually started to feel bad for Harold Camping because <laughs> he was so old and he was like after the latest prediction didn't happen. He was on the news. And he was just like. I don't know. My calculations didn't work out. <laughs> He's like a sad grandpa. Great grandpa. He was, you know, but it got to the point where they're like, you know, it, it, it didn't happen. And then he's like, yeah. oh, okay, I was wrong about that. You know, and it's actually going to happen four years from now. And then that didn't right. happen. And right. I think he just kind of, you know, he, he suddenly realized he had that self-realization that I'm wrong. I've been wrong. My whole life has been a lie. He probably has one of those calculators with all the weird buttons, you know. I don't know what all these weird symbols are. <laughs> He's just pushing them, like, you know, the hexadecimal button. Do you think he became an atheist, though, at the end after it didn't happen, like, three times? Do you think he was like, yeah, you know, I just wasted my entire life. Oh, wait a minute. Dying is horrific. <laughs> what have I been thinking all these years? <laughs> he kind of looks, he reminds me, uh, you know, his head and visage remind me of uh, Al Davis, which is another local nightmarish character. Oh, you mean the uh, coach of the Raiders? 
well, the old the, the, the old, old owner coach, of the Raiders. He's, the old he's dead now too. But yeah. he got that sort of like. I mean, people when people say like you look like the crypt keeper, but actually you look worse than the crypt keeper. That's saying something. Both these guys had that look. Like I, their head, know, their their head, all their skin on their head was just like shrinking around their skull. Yeah, and their and teeth it, were getting gross. It, it it just had excess like skin was just kind of hanging off. Could you imagine yeah. what their scrotums probably look like? <laughs> Could I? <laughs> <laughs> Um, here's a call about Harold Camping. Uh, someone called in here. Let me see. This just in for your holiday special. Your good friend and your sick and wrong part-time masseuse, Harold Camping, has been taken away by some asshole in the beard. Yes, Harold Camping has gone to the lower <laughs> camping grounds of hell. Harold Camping ain't got no more fire. Dead. 2021 to 2013. At 92 years odd. This is Ken, a Michigander who moved from Seattle to the big fun island of Hawaii. Good night. Why does he say part-time masseuse? I don't. Do you think he ever got a got a, a rub and tug here from Harold Camping? I don't know. Maybe he knows something. We, maybe in his past he was a masseuse or something in the army. Why did he also say 2021 to 2013? What does that even mean? I think he meant... 1921 to 2013 or his year of birth and death yeah but he, he said 2021 well i think he fucked it up <laughs> no not quite sure what he meant there but it was a whole uh, other century back then he seems to be uh quite pleased that harold camping has passed on you know i i wonder what uh harold camping's parishioners like his followers what how do you think they do you think they lost respect for him the first time his prediction was erroneous well, a lot of them gave away all their money. They were probably very angry. You know, I'm going to miss Al Goldstein. I don't know how much I'm going to miss Harold Camping. I, I was amused by that man, though. He did amuse me. And I think we did an intro on him. Yeah. I never actually saw him around town, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah, you should have. So, uh, Wackerly, it's, you know, the, uh, it's a few days before Christmas. Well, it's the um, Friday before the week of Christmas, which is the official start of the excessive holiday drinking season. Although I think I started on Tuesday. Yeah. Do you officially drink like, I mean, because a lot of people have the whole week off from work. I do not. And it's just one week long drunken stupor celebrating the birth of Christ. When, when do you do this? <laughs> I started on Tuesday, but uh, it's been a big week. You've been busy with work, so you have... P-Town came up last night, so that was like kind of a kickoff. But, you know, I saw Anchorman on Wednesday and had to drink a lot of scotch during the movie. Watching while watching Anchorman. I I think uh, Baby Jesus would have enjoyed Anchorman. Oh, me and Baby Jesus would get along as well. Yeah. We'd have a good time. I I think so. You could uh, hold a bottle with some Yagnog, just feed him. (laughs) Sure, you'd enjoy that. Um, I prefer to hang out with teen Jesus. (laughs) So do you, I don't see a Christmas tree back there. And in fact, I don't even see lights. I don't see a candy cane. I don't see a snowman. I do have lights. Where's the holiday spirit going on in House Wackerly? You're looking through the little Skype window. I noticed you have some sort of green exercise ball. What's up with that? That thing? Yeah. It's actually gray. And um, I I like to sit on that ball. It it feels good for my, uh, my hemorrhoids. Are you a woman now? <laughs> Are you officially a woman? Are That's you doing a silver Pilates? silver ball, Wackerly. It's a what? Silver ball. Oh, or silver, silver bells. bells. Yeah, but I call it silver ball. It is a ball. That's why it's not a bell at all. <laughs> You're doing Pilates, and I just fucking called you out, motherfucker. I don't. I sit on it because it's good for my posture. Oh, you, you don't have one of those? No, I don't. You ever have a... Uh, you should get one because they're, they're good for sex. I, well, I, have a, I do have a stand-up desk at work. You have an ergonomic stand. What? How do you have a stand-up desk? Don't you have an office? Yeah, I have a stand-up desk in my office. Wow, you're like uh, like data. Yep. Wow. Or uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld was also famous for his stand-up desk. <laughs> so, um, so for Christmas, what, what's the plan here for Christmas? Are you spending Christmas with a lady? Does the lady spend Christmas with her family? Oh, she has to work. <laughs> She, oh, she has to work. What yeah. is she, a waitress or something? Yes. She's a oh, waitress man. at a fancy restaurant that is open virtually every day of the year. And, and Christmas Christmas Day and Christmas Eve are big money makers, right? It's big owned tips. by the uh, ancestors of Ebenezer Scrooge? 
Yeah, and some druids. Yeah, or Jews, probably. So um, that, that's terrible. So is she going to come over after? And uh, Do you guys open up gifts in the morning, or do you do it at night? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we haven't dated for a full year, so who knows? Which leads me into my next question, because uh, you no, know, I, I felt I was being led somewhere. I'm dating a new lady. It's the conundrum that we all face. What do you get them as a gift? You know what? How? What are you supposed to do? Do you, can a you just get a, Can you get an Amazon gift card? No. Can you do that? No. Yeah, but one you guys thing you can, if you want to go the gift card route, here's one thing you can do. You can give her a gift card for Victoria's Secret, and you say, "Well, this is a gift for you," and then you buy something sexy, and then when you wear it, that's the gift for me. Oh, but that's like a Valentine's Day thing. That's a Valentine's Day. I mean, that's like a, that's a holiday for, that's an amorous type of holiday. Like Christmas is for, you know, pure consumerism. It's like, here, I'm giving you this gift. Consume. Consume it. Every every holiday is sexy time for me. (laughs) Even President's Day? That's not a holiday. That's a remembrance. Uh, Yeah, you know, I was faced with this conundrum because, uh, you know, I've been dating this girl for a few months now. Six months. Uh, I don't know. I mean, are you... Well, it's how, getting a little late. What are you going to get her? You know, I already took care of it. What'd you get? I ordered... Uh, this is what I tend to do for... Almost any woman is, is fine with this gift. Wolford Hosiery. You ever go to Wolford? <laughs> no. Wolford Hosing, I'm telling Sorry. you. Hosiery. It's a hosiery. They're a hosiery company. They make... What is this? Uh, <laughs> are we in fucking 1942? <laughs> It's <laughs> so hard to get with the with the rationing. I bought her some nylons. No, it's fancy hosiery. They all they look good in the fancy what hosiery. What is hosiery? It's like stockings or tights or I don't know what so you, you call it. So you basically bought her socks. No, they're they're sexy and they're ch- they're not cheap. You just got done telling me this is not a sexy holiday. Well, I'm just saying. You can buy well. It you know technically it is. These are, these are fancy. I mean, you can wear them like with a dress or something. They're like uh, you know whether you wear them with garters. I mean, I guess it is sexy. Or they can be uh, you know you you wear them out on the town. They're that fancy. All you, that's all you think of her as just a piece of meat. Well, that's I know that, I'll that's enjoy, what that gift says to me. I know I'll enjoy looking at her in this, but also like uh, what else do you buy? You just prove my point. Yeah, but what else do you buy them? A sweater. She was not going to wear a sweater that I'm going to pick out. Well, that's the whole point, is that you thought of her, and you spent all this time thinking about what kind of sweater she would like. Even if she doesn't like it, she likes that you were thinking about what kind of sweater would she like? What kind of sweater would she look good in? What kind of sweater would make her feel warm and toasty and loved during this holiday season celebrating the birth of the baby Jesus. That's not going to give me a boner. The open crotch hosiery that I bought her, totally going to give me a boner. And she'll like them. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to so, argue with you. Wolford, I'm telling you, it's, it's a go-to place for a gift. I also got Woolworths? Her, it's, no, it's called Wolford. I also got mm-hmm. an, uh, a, a pretty good deal on an Adam and Eve vibrator. Um, really? Which, uh, yeah, I think she's going to enjoy that. Um, that's it, man. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to Walgreens or something, pick something out last minute. What are you going to get her? Some soap? (laughs) Head and shoulders? Um, Shampoo. They, they love shampoo too. That's that's something girls like. Um, body scrub. I don't know. What what about you? What'd you get? A package of pens from Walgreens. (laughs) Some scotch tape. (laughs) A stapler. (laughs) Um, what, what did you get? A sweater. What do you think? Wait, what do you shut think? This is uh, fucking you, can I see the sweater? Do you, is it all wrapped up? No, it's not wrapped up. And no, you cannot see it. <laughs> what color is it? It's like plum. I <laughs> <laughs> came between plum and maroon. Where it's did an you expensive get, sweater. I mean, is it something you got at like Macy's or something? Or did you go to like... No, uh, I ordered it from some like like United Kingdom uh, retailer. Ooh, a fancy sweater. Oh, it's fancy. There's Wackerly. So I hope do, she doesn't listen to this before Christmas. I don't, she doesn't, you don't let her listen to the podcast, do you? No, but, you know, I'm, I don't have a fucking shot collar on her at all I, times. I put my claw down about that. I yeah, tell her, no, you I know, when to. I'm on the podcast, you know, certain things will be said that I cannot be held accountable for. What's she doing right now? Um, I, I have no idea. 
See, luckily <laughs> she has no idea. Well, I mean, she might be, you know, she might be listening in, but uh, she's she's probably not listening. She's probably blowing some black. <laughs> <laughs> Which so, I, don't I worry can about see, it. I think most women would prefer to blow a black guy than listen to sick and wrong. I just think uh, there's a consensus there amongst most ladies. Not that there's anything wrong with blowing a black guy. I think women should be amenable to the gift card. I think, and I think like a few years in the relationship, like right now you're in the starter, the starter years, the honeymoon phase. But when you're in the relationship for five or six years, is it then acceptable to just be like, here, I got you a hundred dollar gift card. Go, go crazy. Go nuts. But here's what I don't get. I mean, once you're at the gift card stage, why not go full Christmas gambit and just be like, you know what? How about nothing? How about you buy yourself something with the money that you're going to use to buy me a present? And I'll buy myself something with the money that I was going to use to buy you a present. I don't think any woman would be down with that. They like the gifts. Gi- so, so here's a Starbucks gift card. It's got fucking twenty dollars on it. I think that's what that's what ends up happening. Is like uh, it gets to the point where like here's a Macy's gift card. Just go buy yourself something pretty. I yeah. would prefer that. I mean, I would be like, here's a two hundred fifty dollar uh, gift Whoa, card to Victoria's Secret. There you go. Is that how much I'm supposed to spend? Two hundred fifty bucks? No, five hundred bucks. Whatever. It's like uh, you know, here's to go down, not up. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. That's another. That's another uh, part of the conundrum, though. Is where what is the limit of spending in the beginning? Are you supposed to go crazy and spend six hundred dollars and just be like, "I'm going to really impress her this Christmas," or are you supposed to no. be sensible? You should not be trying to impress her with the price of your Christmas gift. That's what I say. Girls but are going to be into that. But then if you're, and then, you're gonna and then they're going to feel bucks? bad because they bought you something for twenty dollars and you spent like you know nine grand on them. Some diamond necklace or something, or like a you know diamond fucking teddy bear, which they're gonna hate. But but then what do you do? Spend fifty bucks? Yeah. You know what everyone needs on the holidays, and I wish our ladies, our uh, our respective girlfriends, were were uh, interested in this type of uh, activity. They need a good snuggle. That's what they need. If they were happy with just a cuddle rather than some kind of expensive gift, some. Mm. Uh, some bauble that we buy them. If they were just happy with just a nice, long, hard spoon session, you know, it'd be so much easier for us. You know why? It's the oxytocin, Wackerly. You know what oxytocin is? I know what oxycodone is. <laughs> and that, if I had my, you know, unlimited Christmas list, that would be at the top. The baby Jesus was just filled with oxytocin, teeming. With oxytocin, baby. I would, like, the baby Jesus is pretty much just I would slice his head off with my scimitar and empty him out into my mouth. <laughs> well, I don't know how uh, how uh, that that would be transferred, but maybe oxytocin is commonly referred to as the love hormone. And in oh, humans, that sounds lame. Oxytocin is released during hugging and pleasant physical touch, and it plays a part in the human sexual response cycle. So I wish women. We're just satisfied with a little oxytocin release, and then we go about our business, you know, rather than mm. having to go deal with the crowds at Macy's. Um, Maybe it's you who wants the oxytocin. I wouldn't mind a little oxytocin. I'm happy with that. Although Sounds I'd, a little gay. No, okay, no, I would take some oxytocin, but then there's got she's got to finish the uh, the job though. It's got to oh. be a happy ending with that oxytocin release. Yeah, but what's you know, the chemical that goes into your, your brain at, like when you have an orgasm? Dopamine. And that's, that's the thing. I, yeah, I'm about the dopamine. Oxytocin, though, is, uh, is, promotes the release of, dope, of uh, dopamine. Oh, so it's is an it a precursor? It's a precursor to the release of dopamine. I'm but apparently, there won't be any dopamine or oxytocin released in Madison, Wisconsin, because they shut down the house of oxytocin. Also called the Snuggle House. Did you hear about this place? The House of the Rising Hug? <laughs> the House of the Rising Hug, yes. Oh. It's the, the Snuggle House, which was supposed to be a nice place where nice people drop in for a little therapeutic cuddling, 60 bucks an hour, totally Good non-sexual, Lord. nothing sexual about it. You just, you, you just go in there, you lay down, and you just spoon with the uh, beautiful woman of your choice. 60 bucks an hour. That's it. Can women go in and hug a dude? Women can go in and hug a dude. Women can go in and hug a man. Uh, can women woman. go in and hug a woman? Yeah, no. Women can go in and hug a woman. Women can, can go men in go in and hug a man? A man can go in and hug a man, yeah. All right. 
And, and <laughs> it so, sounds like they have all the bases covered. You know, it, it, they head out the, the, the most purely altruistic purposes here with this, this, this place. A completely wholesome business venture. And you don't know what the Grinches of Madison, Wisconsin had to say about it? No. No. They don't like the cuddle. And they shut it down. Before it could even open, they shut down the Snuggle House. So oh. I called up Matthew Hurtado, the owner and CEO of the Snuggle House, to find out why, why this uh, didn't fly over there in Madison, Wisconsin. Is he rel- related to Nelly Furtado? <laughs> no, it's Hurtado. Uh, <laughs> Hate you, but, but, um, but maybe I'm sure he'd like to, to cuddle her. Who wouldn't? He's probably the best cuddler ever because he owns a snuggle house. He's probably the chief, well, the chief cuddler, the chief snuggler. This guy, a pimp, isn't good at giving back alley hand jobs. <laughs> You don't know. Maybe. He might charge the most. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I gave, I gave Matthew a call here just to find out uh, what happened. You know, why with the Snuggle House, such a novel concept. Why do you think people think there's uh, hand jobs going on in there? So, um, yeah, he chatted with me. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's get to that interview. Coming up next, we have our special guest who's going to help us answer some, uh, some holiday-themed phone calls. Some holiday is that gay and uh, holiday shit stories. But first... Here's a chat with Matthew Hurtado. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside, the fire is crackling, and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand. And that can only mean one thing. It's Dilcember. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. Hello. Hey there, it's D. Simon calling from Sick and Wrong. How you doing? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Oh, doing pretty good. Um, thanks for being on the show tonight. I've been looking forward to uh, chatting with you ever since I read about um, the Snuggle House in the news. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, Matthew, are you the owner of the Snuggle House? Like, are you the chief snuggler? Uh, I am the owner, yes. I um, I guess you could call me the chief snuggler. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I just came up with that title. But uh, So yeah. you're the owner and founder of the uh, Snuggle House? Right. Yes. Okay. So I'm, you know, I got to say, I, I'm really bummed to hear about uh, the, the recent shutdown by the city. And I'm actually quite surprised that Madison of all places, probably one of the most liberal cities, probably the most liberal city in the Midwest, actually next day in Arbor, uh, would be, would be so intolerant. So I guess my question is what happened? Like why, why was there such community scrutiny? Well, okay. If you look at Madison, they have, a couple different operations in town that are uh, fronts for brothels, and they've been doing that for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we never had the impetus to do anything of that nature. We were across the board. We wanted to do cuddling. That was the business. But when we decided we were going to open, there was quite a firestorm of media interest, and uh, that sparked attention from the city attorney's office, and they showed up at our door literally. And, um, you know, the, the irony was, is they started, it started going out into the media that, you know, they're suspecting this is another front for prostitution. And, you know, we, we never implied any such things and we never had the desire to do that at all. But, uh, that stuff started coming out right away. And then it was, you know, just one hurdle after the other. And, um, you know, some angry business owners mm. in the area that thought we were going to be that type of business. And, so it kind of got off to the wrong foot right away with a lot of people assuming because they've never heard of cuddling. They've never heard of a business like this. So they had to assume it had to be, you know, uh, like my wife said, she says, well, they probably assume this has to be really bad if you're just going to put it out there that you're going to cuddle, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, th- these other business, though, I guess traditionally they've been fronts for prostitution. You're talking like a Thai massage parlor. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a place yeah. like that or something like it. Where's – I mean, the, the the snuggle house doesn't really. I mean, I, I guess it implies snuggling, but it's a pretty far. It's a pretty a huge difference, you know, between snuggling and massage. 
Yeah, it's a gigantic difference. It's the the the, the, gap, the gap is so wide that I I didn't know what to do when when they started making these accusations because it wasn't even on my radar. And uh, you know, fifteen thousand dollars later in legal fees just to get our doors open. Um, you know, the the statements were still coming out even though we had addressed every concern. We had gone through all the hoops. We got all the permits, all the insurance, and all the things that were asked of us. Um, we were still getting badgered <laughs> for this this issue. And uh, finally, I just threw the towel in. I said, you know, if it's going to be this uh, much of an uphill battle, yeah, um, you know, it's not worth it. What's the point? I mean, did did you actually ever manage to open your doors for business? We had it open for two and a half weeks, and we were doing quite well. But what happened was I got another report from the Associated Press. The guy wanted to come in all week. And all it was is, I mean, every other day we had a media person there or, you know, he had a cop that came in and walked through the first day we opened. And uh, so it was all this, you know, scaring the customers away. And um, yeah, Well, there's the, quite uh, a hype. I mean, there's definitely quite a hype about it. But, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. uh, this media attention – um, and enhanced scrutiny would definitely scare people off from trying out your services. But, you know, it, it makes yeah. me wonder, though, if uh, some of the critics' concerns are warranted. Because, I mean, I, I could imagine a snuggle house or a place calling itself a snuggle house, but in, like, Las Vegas would probably have, you know, less wholesome aims or objectives. Oh, you sure. Know? Well, if you look at, like, if you look at Las Vegas, I mean, you know, that, I think it's uh, in certain areas that may be okay. Um but obviously right in the heart of downtown Wisconsin in the capital, um, two blocks from the, you know, most government buildings, we, you know, you'd have to have a, <laughs> you just have to be out of your mind to try to have an establishment like that starting up. Yeah. I mean, that's like dealing drugs next to a police station, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, so what is the snuggle house? Just tell, give me the, tell me about, um, you know, the, the purpose, the mission. Yeah. Well, the mission was, um, okay, you know, I, I had struggled with PTSD. I had Lyme disease for a while. I got over those things. But in the, in the loneliest times, I felt really disconnected. You know, a lot of the ER visits, you don't get much touch, and you feel sort of disconnected, and I started to see the world through those eyes. And then on Facebook, I saw Jackie Samuels' post of her snuggery about, you know, maybe eight months ago. And I followed it back to her interviews on the news, and I thought, wow. I said, this is actually legit. I, you know, because at first I thought, oh, my God, people actually pay to snuggle. This is cool. And, and I, I, you know, I called her and I did um, a consult, and she said she had no incidents for, you know, the whole time she's been in business. A lot of her clientele were older, older folks, you know, retired, and they'd lost their spouses or they're lonely. And I thought, man, this is a real benefit. And so that's what actually got me inspired to do it because I felt like she really exploited uh, something that people needed is more touch in a, in a non-sexual way that was a caring, nurturing type of um, capacity. And so I thought, this is it. You know, I'm going to mm. give this a shot. Her business is called the Snuggery? Yes, it is. And where, where is this? What city is this in? I believe she's in Rochester, New York. And and it's the same, I guess, kind of business plan as the Snuggle House. You just go there, you, you have a little cuddle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I consulted with her, um, you know, prior to putting the manual together for our operation. So a lot of what we did is along the lines of what she does. So, so both, I guess the the demographic that you're going after now are these people who are like widowed, uh, divorcees, just people who um, you know who have never been married and just uh, you know have lack of human touch or. Uh, human yeah. relationships. Like it, I, I, I'm just trying to figure out who exactly would the clientele be. You know, that's the interesting part about it because it's all over the map. You get some of those people, um, and, but then again, some of those people despise the idea. So you can't really say that's a great market. And then you get, we had a lot of people, actually quite a few that were very social phobic and they saw it as a way to, you know, kind of ramp up their interaction with other people in a place where they felt safe. Um, we've, we had some clients come in that had a very, very hard time even being in a space of less than two feet from another human being. So, so these are like uh, agoraphobic people. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. Wow. And so, and so uh, they, I guess you're, you're offering some kind of therapy here. 
like to overcome these fears. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to have it be where, you know, the benefits that were, that are, you can look up that are proven are kind of like the oxytocin release that you get when you cuddle people. And oxytocin is known treatment for, you know, certain types of, of these mental issues that they use. And we thought, you know, we should experiment with this and see who shows up and, um, you know, let them be in charge of their session as long as it's within the boundaries of what we offer. Mm. And so, you know, some people wanted to just show up and maybe hold hands and some people wanted to cuddle. And, um, we didn't really, we were trying to figure it out as we go, to be honest with you. Okay. So, I mean, so this is kind of, I mean, I guess it is sort of a shot in the dark. I mean, you don't really know what is expected with a, with a business like this. It's all sort of new frontier. But but tell tell me, Matthew, what what's the difference between a snuggle and a cuddle? Is there a difference? Hmm. Yeah. Well. Hmm. I guess. Uh, or they just I don't synonyms. know. <laughs> uh, well, cuddling, snuggling, you know, anything that we offered was, you know, we had an attorney. Our, our original attorney drafted up the boundaries before we did did anything to figure out if it was legal to offer this type of business, and so we had our blueprint from day one, and and so cuddling, snuggling, whatever we were all, we were calling it, as long as it didn't involve kissing, touching, fondling, stroking, any of the, the list of don'ts, then it was totally acceptable and legal. So that's kind of what we were offering. And I guess you could call it whatever you want, spooning, cuddling, snuggling, hugging, embracing, uh, anything. Well, what is it that you offer? So if a client walks into the snuggle house, what, what options, what, what are they going, what services are they looking at? Well, if you, let's say if you walk into the snuggle house and, uh, you know, maybe you walk in because you're on your Android all day long and you feel like you've gone weeks without actually having an interaction with anybody in the chemical body where you could feel close to another human being, we offer the space where you can kind of direct the flow um, in your own kind of therapeutic setting where, you know, hey, I'm lonely, I really want to hug somebody, um, you know, well, hey, okay, let's do that then. Let's let's hug for a couple of minutes and then, you know, let's see what, you know, how did that feel? Did that, is that comfortable? You know, so it's kind of like navigating this personal boundary to a level where people can feel they can connect again in their mm-hmm. physical bodies. Well, how much does it, how much do the services cost? Like how much does it cost to cuddle? It's $60 for an hour. And in this hour, it could be hugging, handholding. Uh, do you hold the person like, uh, you know, like over your shoulder or like in your arms? Yeah. Yeah, it could be that too. Um, yeah, like you know, we had beds, we had couches, we had chairs. So uh, it's whatever level of comfort the you know the smuggler and the smuggler you know we're comfortable with. So who decides to be the little spoon or the big spoon in this equation? Well, it's kind of up. To, the person paying is going to have the precedence of what they're comfortable with, as long as it's you know legal and and it's moral. So if they want to. Let's say if I come in and I want to do a snuggle session, you know, I might just want to be big spoon or something. So I could say, hey, is, how about we just lay down and I'll, I'll be the big spoon. Let's try that. So is it in a, a like a, a clinical setting? I'm trying to picture it. Or is it? Does it look like a hotel room? I mean, there's it's a bed and a couch. Do you have a private sure. room? We actually rented out a space of 1,200 square feet that used to be an attorney's office. So what it was is there's a, there's a front you know, desk area when you walk up into the place, and then there's a huge long hallway, and then there's um, five separate offices that go off that hallway. And so what we did is we converted uh, that those offices into like um, kind of like bedrooms. You know, they had a bed, there's a couch, you know, there's a fountain. So to set the, the atmosphere so it's kind of like a feng shui type zen setting. Hmm. And so then the, the client would walk in. Does he get to pick his cuddlers? Like, how, mm. how do you do? You choose a cuddler, or do you just get the the first cuddler that's available? Well, no, he'd have to actually. Um, if it's his first time in, he has to, um, you know, pre-qualify, just go through a quick screening. So he would let us know who he wanted to book with before he actually came in, and then we would. Um, you know, have the meeting arranged so that he can do a quick orientation. And then um, the first session would be going over the first five minutes before the session is going over all the policies and procedures. And then let's say he came in with his business suit 
Um, he could go and he could change in the room just like you would at a massage appointment, change your clothes, and then once you're ready, you know, full draping is required. But then you can, you know, then the snuggler comes in and then uh, the that's kind of how it all starts. Yeah. Is there a, uh, I guess, a dress record, like a dress code? I mean, could could I get snuggled in my Speedo? You could if you were wearing your shorts and T-shirt over it. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So there is a somewhat of a dress code. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about for the snugglers, though? Let's say I wanted to give you $120 to be snuggled by a woman wearing an elf costume. Can you specify something like that? Well, I'm sure you probably could do that as long as, you know, there was full draping and there weren't any private parts exposed or, you know, like if if it was an elf costume that covered her body, I'm sure you could probably request something. Not an elf, elf. Remember elf, the uh, alien from the oh, Alf, 80- Alf oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Alf, yeah, right? Um, so, I mean, Alf would sure. be a full-body, like, furry suit. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would be, yeah, definitely interesting, I guess, yeah. And so I could, I mean, I would probably have to bring in the suit myself. Yeah, you, if you brought in the suit, I'm sure that'd be fine. I mean, you'd have to ask the snuggler, because it's based on their level of comfortability, too. So if they felt something was a little too awkward, they have the right to refuse any any appointment at any time, so... Yeah, which may, which makes sense. So how how does it work with do men want to be snuggled by women or do men want to be snuggled by men or how, how does that work? Both. Both. Oh, okay, so it's whatever and, you specify. Yeah. yeah, it's whatever you specify. And we had um, we had we had staff that could you know either or, you know. So um, we had quite a few for each actually. Men that wanted to have a man snuggler and men that wanted a woman and vice versa. So I looked at some of the pictures on your website, and I have to say that, you know, I was looking at the female snugglers, but they're, they're, they're rather attractive. Like, all three of them are rather attractive. So what would happen, I guess, theoretically, if a client came in, you're spooning, and he gets an erection, or even worse, like, prematurely ejaculates? Like, well, what oh, happens yeah. in that situation? Well, we went over 15 hours of training before we started anything, so what would happen is... Um, you know, that's part of the boundaries training. So if, if the guy gets an erection and he's spooning up on the girl and she feels that, you know, her job is to then kind of diffuse the situation and bring it back to a level of relaxation because, you know, excitement is the antithesis of relaxation. So um, we, de- we don't want to allow that type of uh, arousal to take place. So what would she like, jump out of bed and be like, no, down boy? Yeah, well, she would, you know, gently probably scoot away from that person so he wasn't directly, you know, up against her body with an erection. So then, you know, that would give him some time to cool cool down his engine. Mm, which, which, which is, I guess, part of the, your, your objective of keeping it purely non-sexual. Yeah. So, so in, I guess, one of the uh, criticisms that I read was a city attorney um, said that she claimed that there's no way that sexual assault will not happen. She said, no offense to men, but I don't know any man who just wants to snuggle. Did you, did you hear yeah. this quote, obviously? Yeah, I did. Uh, and uh, did you take offense to that? I mean, as, as a man, I mean, do you, do you know, I mean, it's, you know, your, yeah. your business aim here is that men do just want to cuddle and not necessarily have sexual contact. Well, I think it's kind of out of context because it's, uh, you know, just because you want to have sex doesn't mean you're going to go to McDonald's and try to get sex. Um, you know, and I know that there's a touch component involved, but you also don't go to your massage therapist when she's rubbing on your back or whatever and you try to get sex if it's, you know, a licensed massage therapist. So I think every human being wants to have sex, but there's a time and a place and, you know, cuddling is something that is, is, is uh, it's something in and of itself. You know, many people like to cuddle. Um, you know, they have cuddle parties and they have all sorts of different avenues for people to cuddle. And we, you know, so it's, I understand why she said that because it's coming from a point of view that everything leads to sex, but, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to lead to sex in our capacity or our environment because we won't allow that. I'm assuming she doesn't have much sex. Well, <laughs> have you seen yeah, a picture of her? What does she look say- like? That's a safe assumption. Well, she's blonde and she's uh, um, she's not she's not really uh, that unattractive. So oh, okay. So maybe she has. I don't. Sex. I don't know. Like that, maybe she doesn't like men. I don't know what it is. Yeah, well, she seems uh, to be uh, uh, dead set in her uh, her uh, uh, conjecture that all men 
just want to have sex and um, aren't down for just the occasional cuddle. So in the yeah. uh, in the circumstance that you know the the cuddling does turn sexual, yeah, uh, is there like a a panic button or a wh- yeah. rape whistle or some kind of preventative measure in place here? Yeah, the all the staff members had um, panic buttons in that they had uh, kind of they kept them in their pajama pockets, and uh, all they had to do is push this um, you know push the button in there. And it was a very loud 800 decibel ring. But also, there were cameras watching every room, and 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 all, the, and a security person actually watching the session. So, um, there's no way that it could have happened. I mean, you know, it had to be a huge conspiracy where everybody was in on it for something like that to happen. But, yeah, you know, it's, it was never going to happen in our in our establishment. So okay, so you did have preventative measures in place. Did you have security on site? Yeah, we did. Okay, yeah. so so they they would uh, obviously stop any kind of sexual assault. Well, it never would it never would happen. There was there was only one incident where uh, a man tried to make a pass on Jennifer, and he he asked for more, and then she stopped the session because she didn't feel comfortable. And so you know that was the only thing that ever happened. I mean, nothing nothing could have escalated beyond that point because then the guy would have got thrown out. Okay, so then, the, and you you said you have a screening process in place. Yeah. Uh, what what is, what does that entail? Well, that's just a quick look at. In Wisconsin, we have CCAP, and that's just to look up a person's record. And then we also would cross merge that with the, the sexual offender website. So we would just do a quick screen to make sure we're not dealing with some loose cannon that's not a good idea to allow in our establishment. And most people, ninety nine percent of people, never have that problem, but. We went through those measures just kind of up front. And then for your first session, we required a $20 security deposit on a credit card. So that way, you know, you're using a a valid credit card that we can verify has your name on it. And then, you know, that's enough to get you through the door at least. I mean, did you uh, actually card the people? Like, did you uh, require some kind of valid ID? Yeah. When when you came in for your first session, you would meet with the the security person quick and uh, just show your your ID, two forms of ID. We'd photocopy them and keep them on file. And then after that, once you've done the first round, you're 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 a member, and then you can just schedule that wheel after that. Okay. So so what about the uh, the cuddlers here? Like, what qualifications do you need to be a professional cuddler? Well, you know that's a tricky question. But well, the one thing I was looking for, I, I hired everybody kind of myself. Um, just because it was such a new concept. What I looked for were people that genuinely had an interest in other people and they wanted to, you know, provide a a therapeutic, you know, type of new modality that we were attempting to create. We were trying to, in fact, we got it um, with the, I think, Energy Medicine Association. We got insurance on all all these snugglers and we classified therapeutic cuddling as a modality. So it's an energy healing modality now. And so we were looking for, like, healers, um, people that wanted to heal people. But did they need some type of certification, or were you, like, you know, could the stripper from uh, the Deja Vu up the street come in and apply? (laughs) We actually actually turned everyone down that was in the adult industry. We had several that applied, and for obvious reasons, because the city would have really... Yeah, they would have come down on you for that. Yeah. So we did run, we, we created a certification program. I had a 103-page manual, and we went through 15 hours of videos and training. Uh, and most of it was just kind of security measures and what to do if this happens, what to do if that happens, how to deflect this, how to say this. And, you know, and, and because snuggling is snuggling, and most of this had to be intuitive. So mm. there's there's no set blueprint that you can do for every person because if you get an agoraphobic person in there and you tell them to lay on the bed, they might freak out. So... You, it did, had to be something different for everybody. Did they have to pass like a cuddle test? Like, did you get personally cuddled and said, "Okay, this person's a good cuddler," or this person yeah. just sucks at cuddling? They're just not good. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We did all that. I did the first round myself, and then they kind of did some amongst themselves to kind of practice a bit. But um, you know, I wanted to make sure that they were comfortable doing a cuddle session, so that it wasn't, you know, awkward. Um, because well, it, it seems like it could. It has potential for being awkward. I mean, when you're actually holding a person and cuddling, are you, you know, whispering sweet nothings in their ear? Or are you <laughs> humming the lyrics of a Peter Gabriel tune? Like, what, what, yeah, what's going be, on there? 
<laughs> That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> let's see. Well, usually the way that we did our training would be more or less um, <clears throat> what we got from Jackie was Jackie said most of her clients wanted the snuggler to talk. So they didn't want to talk about their day. They wanted to know more about their snuggler. So what I trained people on doing was, um, you know, tell tell stories, tell whatever you want, you know, make people feel good, talk, get them to talk about what they like and their interests and, you know, just whatever you do, don't bring it into a sexual capacity and open a door up for anybody. So that was the only real boundary on that. So, so during the embrace, they would talk about their day and just, you know, uh, trivial, banal type of subjects that just meant to just like kind of create a bond. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, that's, a, that's kind of like if you were hanging out with a friend, you know, oh. and you're just shooting the breeze, but you're also cuddling at the same time. Or I'm, or I'm thinking like when you're getting your hair cut from your hairdresser, you yeah, know, and you're, cut, yeah. yeah, and you're yep. just having friendly banter. Because it makes That's you feel it. comfortable. Yeah, it's, it seems yeah. like that kind of situation. So a- answer me this. I was, I was wondering about this. Do you think, in your opinion, that a chubby or plus-size person would make a better cuddler than someone who's skinny, you know, who's just very thin? For some people, yes. I think it's a personal preference of who, who you want to snuggle with. And we, um, you know, uh, our initial first people that we hired were – you know they were they were pretty attractive people and and uh, yeah they all were pretty attractive yeah but we also had um, some people that were also training with us that were plus size and and uh, we were gonna we were gonna invite everybody to participate because it's it's all on personal preference it's whatever you pre- you prefer okay so it is it is based on what what what, what you desire and how many cuddlers did you have. On so staff. We had we had five originally, and then we had um, three more coming through. So we were going to have a total of eight. And um, once you know the media, the media kind of destroyed that that whole first round of people because it was too much too soon for a lot of these people. So we were down to two at the end. We just had one male and one female. And do, do these people make tips as well as a uh, just an hourly rate? Yeah, yeah, they could accept tips. We didn't want to require or ask for them because we wanted people to be comfortable with their budgets, but uh, tips were definitely appreciated if they wanted to. Hmm. All right, well, I got a couple more questions here. Um, I don't want to keep it too long, but it's a your fascinating business concept here, and I, I hope you can uh, you can do it in, a, in another city, and I hope another city would be more welcoming tor- towards this idea. But uh, did you ever – reject any clients based on personal hygiene or physical deformities or like, like let's say a guy came in with leprosy or no, something. That was, in our, that was in our contracts that we had the right to reserve, uh, refuse service to anyone for any reason. And that was based on the snugglers discretion. Um, I did my best to choose people who were, you know, open to, you know, snuggle virtually anybody that would come through there. But, you know, let's say, if somebody comes in and they did work construction all day or they're just, they hadn't showered, um, there's no way you're going to want to lay next to them for an hour. So, um, yeah. you know, that never, never happens. Um, but most people are courteous enough to be clean and, and, and presentable. But if it did happen, we would refuse the right for service for sure. And it was based on the snuggler's discretion. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so so Matthew, what, what are the plans for the future now that the snuggle house, I guess, has officially been shut down? Um, do you, do you think you might try to move the business to a more liberal city like Portland? Yeah, I um, think the snuggle house is dead. Uh, we, I've, I've gotten an invite for the first round of Shark Tank, um, to present the proposal and, um, I'm going to re I'm going to revise the blueprint for the actual business model, knowing what I know now. And I think we'll definitely be back in the saddle, but we won't be anywhere near Madison again. So you are going to, are you going to try to move out West or are you going to move back East? Um, it's, it's hard to say right now. I'm going to have to do a little more due diligence on location the next time around, because that was the, that was the killing factor for us. Are you from Madison? Is that why you chose the city? Yeah, I'm from Madison. And obviously I know the people of Madison very well. And, um, you know, this, it, it would have been the perfect spot demographic wise to support the business, um, if you could exclude the 
uh, you know, the bureaucrats, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, it's all the politicians. Yeah. Well, you know, Matthew, yeah. I wish you the best of luck. And I do, I would like to see the snuggle house open up, maybe like a chain of snuggle houses across the country. That'd be great. Yeah, we have to, yeah, we have to figure out how to make it, make it a little more elaborate. So it's a, you know, like the Starbucks of cuddling. We'll see. <laughs> that would be great. So right now the snugglehouse.org is the website and you can buy merchandise. I saw a snuggle house t-shirt and uh, PJs. Yeah, we, yeah, we have. We sell quite a bit of that stuff, actually. Yeah. So, uh, people, there you go. Go to the snugglehouse.org and uh, buy some snuggling merchandise. And, uh, you know, I'd like to wish you the best of luck with uh, future smuggling endeavors and uh, have a happy holiday. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Okay, thanks. You too. All right. Take it easy, Matthew. Yeah, bye. So no more snuggling over there in Wisconsin. Well, you know, people can freelance snuggle. Yeah, but you can't go and uh, pay a professional. You, know, you have to have a relationship, form a could human you, bond. Could you ever imagine yourself actually doing that? Like, I, you know, I asked him about it too. You know, if if I went in there and these girls, like, go look at the uh, the, the Facebook page. These girls are hot. Like, they're all attractive. And then there's some like hippie dude that kind of looks like uh, Oats, a young Oats from Holland Oats. But um, the, the chicks are hot. If you're getting, you know, if you're spooning these girls, don't you think you're going to get a boner? Wait, this fucking bear? Oh, this is Snuggle Fabric Softener. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know you get a boner up. if you're spooning that. That, that anthropomorphized bear. I cut a hole in its butthole. <laughs> Just in its eye socket. Well, that too. <laughs> no, but take a look at those chicks. They're all kind of hot. I can't find it. <laughs> I'll look at all it right, later. Well, whatever. Go check it out. It's uh, thesnugglehouse.org. Uh, you can actually order Snuggle House t-shirts. He, you know, uh, Matthew said he's planning on opening up uh, uh, other Snuggle Houses, maybe in cities that are a bit more liberal than Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. I'm, I'm sure. I'm surprised maybe Portland. Maybe area. Yeah, I'm surprised Portland or San Francisco doesn't already have a snuggle house. You know what's uh, snuggling my insides right now? This Yegnog? Yegnog! I'm loving you! I either thought it was Yegnog or the thought of uh, calling up our special guest, John Steele. Oh, that's why my hand is snuggling my cock. <laughs> that's why you're getting a tingling in the crotch area. I'm not masturbating, I'm just snuggling my scrotum. With my own hand. Are you enjoying these sick and wrong holiday shows spectacular? I hope so. That's about it for part one. But save some of that yaknog for next week because we'll be back with part two with special guest John Steele. Right now, here's Guar with Stripper Christmas Summer Weekend. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.
a busy young professional couple, we were most pleased to avail of the promotional offer that Sick and Wrong has arranged with Adam and Eve. Taking advantage of coupon code DIDDLE, we purchased both a Vicky Quickie Pocket Pussy and an Emperor 8-inch Vibrating Dildo. Now, whenever the horn takes us, we delegate our tawdry acts to the machines by inserting the luxuriously strong Emperor dildo into the tight folds of the pocket pussy, we let our artificial organs fulfill their purpose while we get on with the more important things in life. More wine, dear? Why, yes. I don't mind if I do, my dear. If you aspire to the kind of lifestyle that we enjoy... Why not come with us, not literally, as we visit adamandeve.com and enter coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. You'll receive 50% off, free gifts that you can donate to creepy Uncle Steve, but most importantly, peace of mind as you offload your sex lives to some plastic parts. Cheers. Cheers.